Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. Great to be with you, Paul George Deacon, Adam Conk, the bear in studio. It's great to be back. Great to be back. If you're podcast listeners, thanks for listening in. Or if you're on the radio here in Acadiana, where we live in Lafayette, KLFT Radio 90.5. Great to be with you today. What's going on? Man, just uh, trying to hang on to Advent with my with my hands. Your dear life. My dear life. It's uh, it's so fast this year, and it's just too busy. So I'm like, man. So this week, Paul, I'm telling it on air so you can hold me to it. I'm holding you to it. Every day this week, I'm going to Advent like there's no tomorrow. Just going to do it. Yes. I mean, is that, is that the saying that's right? People say, I'm hanging on by dear life. Am I getting that right? It sounds head? right. It feels right. What does that even mean? I don't know. Like like my life depends on it. I'm hanging on by dear for life. dear life. For, for dear, dear life. life. I'm hanging it. on for dear life. But like, like my life depends on it. Yeah. Like my life depends on it. So you're hanging on like your life depends on Advent. Well, it kind of does. Because what comes at the end is Jesus. You know. So it's like my life really does depend on Him. Tis the season. You and know? I don't want Jesus to just come and I'll be like, hey, Jesus. I want Jesus to come and I'm like, here he is. I'm ready. I'm prepared. <clears throat> Let's do this. And I'm not talking just about the Christmas celebrations and the parties. I'm talking about the grace that God wants to give me. Because, you know, every year, every Christmas, the Lord comes to us with a special grace. Paul, when you are uh, celebrating Christmas with your family this year, God mm-hmm. wants to give you something special. What does he want to give me? I don't know. What do you think he wants to give you? His heart. Yeah. His sacred heart. <laughs> Man, what a year it's been, dude. Like, what a year. Like, I don't know about you guys listening, but like, you get to this time of year, right? And you look back on this year, and what do you say? Like, like what, what a year. Like, and we've all had a different year, whatever that mm-hmm. means, Um but for me, like I look back on this year and I just say, what a year. Like mm-hmm. the things that happened, the things that I did or didn't do. Wow. What a year. What a year. And Advent is a reset. I'm trying to reset from this past year of just it being full, right? And I'm extremely grateful. But then to just reset in Advent, like just just slow my pace down, reset to begin anew. That's really what I love about Advent. Yeah, and, and to stop the train of our life, to be able to slow it down, that's the that's the challenge for me this year. Is like things are so busy mm-hmm. um, from the year, this year that has been 2023, which has been what a year, you know? But to, to intentionally wind that stuff down to a calm, peaceful state so that I could actually enter into the advent season has been has been the challenge um so i'm hanging on hanging on by for dear life for dear life yeah for dear life dude we should make some t-shirts paul george show t-shirts with a deer and someone hanging on to that deer for Mm -hmm. dear life what if you had you as a bear (laughs) hanging on (laughs) to a deer (laughs) for dear life okay how about that that sounds good okay um, good to be back. Thanks for everyone listening to the show. Do you, Deacon Adam Conk, have a, have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Paul, you ever like work really hard on something to try to get all the details just right, and then you realize you missed 
one or two really important things. Yeah, it's happened. But it's kind of too late to. I think we can all relate. Fix it. Like you can't go back and fix it. Right. Yeah. We kind of miss. Like, how did I miss that? Mm. Um, well, that happened uh, to a crew on a U.S. bound plane that took off from London last month. Okay. Um, they were in flight when they realized that there were four window panes completely missing. Oh, on the just planes. randomly missing. Which, once you get up there, is a problem. But on the ground, you may not notice that, you know? Like, you may overlook it. I I can't even imagine. Like, how did you not notice? But I, I guess once you're taken off, you can't, like... There's no going back. You're in, you're in flight. So for the rest of this flight, uh, they did not have four windows. <laughs> well, how did, how did they do that? Because, uh, I mean, you'll lose oxygen. <laughs> right. Like, if you're up in the air, would they land? Did they... Well, they were... U.S. bound from London, so mm-hmm. once they got over the ocean, like there's not many options for um, landing. For landing, right? And turn around. You could turn around. Um, they kept going, so they just got you know the people away from those windows, and um, you know the it was cold, mm-hmm. so they got people blankets. <laughs> I mean, it was an event. Right. Okay, is this a true story? <laughs> yes. This happened on an October 4th flight. Because you would have to flow, fly, flow, have flown uh, below a certain altitude before you, you know, so you don't lose oxygen. Well, to get the picture correct, so this was a, a crew of 11, and um, they had nine passengers. This was not a huge plane. Small plane. Yeah. Yeah. Which means those four windows are probably a large percentage of the windows. But, um, but you cannot live without oxygen, FYI. That's true. That's true. Um, so I, last Friday, we did not record. Correct. Cause I was out of town. I was doing an Advent mission in Atlanta, Georgia, Buckhead, Christ the King Cathedral there. I did a one night mission, Advent mission. Great mission. Not cause of me, but because of, of the community, the people there. Okay. It's so interesting. You bring up this whole thing about the flight. Cause my return travel home was horrible. Mm. Yes. It's like, have you ever prayed on a plane? Yes. <laughs> That's like my most intense prayers. Yeah, but not like pray like, oh, what a great day. But no. like praying like, I hope I don't die. Like if you get me out of this, I'm going to yes. change my life. Have around. you ever been on a flight <sighs> like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it is really scary because your life is just in the hands of a metal tube and people you don't know who are flying it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you could say like, yeah, my life's in God's hands here, but like it's technically like like in the hands of like other people too. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. Trust their job. Um, so we flew from Atlanta. It was a late flight, 10 p.m. to get back home. We flew from Atlanta through storms and we get to Lafayette. And the pilot comes on and says, We got to turn around and go back to Atlanta. What? Because the storms were so bad they couldn't land. And. So we flew back to Atlanta, landed at midnight. But listen to this. We go to land the plane, and the plane hits the tarmac, the runway, and takes off again at the same time. What? Yes. Why? Dude, people were going nuts on my flight. What was Why? Well, we didn't know. We were just like, everyone was confused. Did we? Are we dying? Like, what happened? Oh, my goodness. Come to find out there was a plane on the runway oh 
wow. Yeah. So there was almost a collision. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So. Wow. These are scary times. Like, when you're in a situation like that, you know, like, all you could do is pray. And then if, I guess, you die, you're like, my life's in God's hands. But it is a scary moment. So who who are your main intercessors in that moment? Like, who are you Mary. talking to? Yeah, I'm just talking to Mary and me Jesus. Too. Like, I look, forgive me here for saying this, but I'm ba- bypassing every saint. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going through the intercession. You're going to the Like, top. I'm not going through, like, people. I'm going straight to the source. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My first reaction to bad turbulence is start saying Hail Marys, like, right away. Right away. I don't even think about it. It's just, but yeah, begging. Which is so perfect for Advent, right? Like, like so much of the imagery that I experience in prayer and see and read about in Advent is the image of Mary. The image, mm-hmm. obviously, of her giving birth, her being pregnant, but also just her on this journey, right, with Joseph. And so it's just so intimate to be in this picture with Mary. And and it just seems like that that's the beauty of who she is. She just lives within your home, you know, like within Mm -hmm. your heart. And you just immediately go to her, right? Yeah. Just like you would your own mother. Hey, mom, I need this. Or can you help me here, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the natural life, like, our relationship with our mom is all instinct, and then over time we begin to understand it. But, I mean, how long does it take you to really understand what a mom is? To know, like, oh, I came from that womb. Um, Oh, like, you know, my DNA is half of hers. Like, it takes a while to mature to really understand who this person is that you call mom. Mm -hmm. But there's this instinctual connection that's profound from the moment of conception that's in the natural life. In the supernatural life, it's it's the same thing, but even greater, right? Like there's this connection to Mary that we may not realize fully until we mature spiritually, until we come to understand all that Our Lady is for us, all that Our Lord has given us by giving us Our Lady. But that connection with her uh, through grace is so profound. And the mm. spiritual instincts to run to her as mother mm. are so there in the lives of every Christian, whether they realize who she is or not. That's right. And um, yeah, Advent is that time to to contemplate Mary because uh, to contemplate her and her role in our life allows us to deepen our connection with her son, Jesus. This is um, her job. This is her role. This is, you know, our, our Lord desires to be our king and so he gives us the queen of mary and the more we serve her the more we serve him the more we understand and love her the more we understand and love him yeah so my go-to look in any moment like what you know one of my favorite novenas is um mary undoer of knots mm-hmm. now if i'm on a flight and i'm scared which is often i i don't say a novena mm-hmm. but i do go to the source i mean i'm immediately talking to jesus and praying to mary mm-hmm like that, like immediately, yeah. you know, and I had this interesting question from someone not long ago, um, is, um, you know, why, like, why do we, and I think this is a good question is like, why, like, why, why do we pray these novenas to saints or pray through their intercession? Like, why don't we just obviously go directly to the source of, uh, you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. right? God, mm-hmm. uh, Mary, right? 
Like just go directly there, you know, and they were trying to process that out loud in a good way, not in a negative or combative way, but like, doesn't it just make sense to go, you know, right directly Mm -hmm. there. But, you know, I, and I'm like, well, the saints are praying. Like that's what they do for a living. (laughs) So just ask them to pray alongside you, right. For Mm -hmm. your intentions as you go directly to Jesus and Mary as well. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, our Lord could have just showed up in Bethlehem all by himself, dropped out from the sky, you know, and God the Father could have directly himself with his own hands put his son in human flesh in a manger mm-hmm. without the help of anyone involved. But it pleases God and in the fullness of, a, of his plan to involve his holy ones in his work of salvation, to involve the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, the shepherds, the three kings, these people that give greater glory to God because... Uh, they get to be a part of his salvation, not just hear about it, right? That's right. Um, and so it is with us. I mean, why does God need a church at all? I mean, the saints in heaven, okay, but how about the saints on earth? Why does God need Paul George to to go to Atlanta and risk you know, his life on this crazy plane? Well, that's what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> it pleases God to include Paul George in his plan of salvation because that gives him greater glory. Um, and And... The Lord desires a church of people to evangelize and to bring people to the truth. And this does not end at death. I mean, the saints who are still alive um, in Christ are still about the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so how silly it would be for us to uh, to not let them do their work in our life when they're the best at it. Now, Paul, you're great at preaching the gospel right now. You'll be a lot better once you're dead. Ooh. You know? Like once you're in heaven and you're free from all... Uh, all sin, all attachments to this life, all and you're beholding God face to face, that's when you're going to be best, ready to get to work the most, you know? Right. So how silly it would be to me to say, like, well, I don't want Paul George in my life. Right. Wow. I would never say that. Paul George, be in my life. So, yeah, I mean, that, how conflicting is all that, right? Like, how crazy is all that, mm. you know? Here, here's the beauty as we land, and you're saying like this next week, the last week of Advent. You know, like we're we're approaching the third Sunday of Advent, and then we we enter making in, a descent into the fourth week. But now mm-hmm. the the last week of Advent and Christmas collide very quickly, right? Very. And so it is sort of really the last week to experience Advent, and that's what you're saying is like yeah. this next week, like I'm I'm going all in. You know, I'm really like focusing in. And, and here's the beauty of it, is that this collision course of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and, and this whole, the incarnation and the birth just happens, right, mm-hmm. so quickly this next week. And yet this is, Advent comes around every year so that we would, we would live the, this sort of spiritual Advent in our life year-round, just like Lent, just like ordinary time, just like Christmas and Easter, the sort of spirituality that that we're constantly on this journey with the lord right Mm -hmm. joseph and mary in their journey to bethlehem and um the chaos and the hecticness that they felt in in that journey and yet finding solitude in in a place that seems so inconvenient right Mm -hmm. all those things we experience in our own life right Mm -hmm. chaos Busyness, hecticness, um, just and yet the Holy Family 
lives in peace in the middle of all that. And as we approach this last week of Advent, whatever chaos we have and hecticness and what a year it's been and stress and worry, anxiety, is if if we can just allow the Holy Family to live in that with us and slow our pace down and our heart down and our mind and our soul so that we can welcome the gift of Jesus into our life more. I love that. Okay. I'm glad you do. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. We are hanging on... (laughs) For dear life. For dear life. Here on the Paul George Show, <laughs> Deacon Bear, Adam Conk. In studio, it's great to see you, man. It's great to see I'm you. I'm kind of talking about, tired of talking about dying in planes. I mean, I it, it was... What you just experienced, it sounds crazy to me. Okay, so like I unfortunately have traveled a lot over the past 25 years, and I'm... I'm tired of it mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And a lot of it has to do with this experience I had on Saturday evening is not the first time. Mm. And those are just, I'm just done with them. Like mm-hmm. I'm done with those. Like I'm just done. Like I'm done thinking. I'm about to die. Lord, It's save just me. a horrible thought too. It, is. it, 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 uh, and you're look, we can die at any moment. I know that. I, and I understand, look, you don't have to text me and email me or go on the, you know, the website and say, you know, statistically you're going to die in a car wreck, you know, more than a plane wreck. I know all those things. I'm just saying I'm tired of being in situations where it's, pretty crazy being in the air yes. and like something crazy happens. Yes. Right. So you're going to just start driving everywhere? Uh, Have you thought about it? No. I drove home. From Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they rescheduled my flight for like the the next day afternoon. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just rented a car and drove home. I was like, yeah, I don't have time to do this in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, to die and then die again. (laughs) So you're hanging on for dear life on that plane. I mean, we are hanging on for dear life. Okay. Give me a recap of the year of the show. Like, I mean, anything comes to mind, like this whole year of shows that we did, like we spent another year together. Well, a a kind of dominant theme for a few episodes uh, early on was you wrestling with your mortality where you realized uh, we're all going to die within 100 years. Um, 
and you kind of reflecting on that impending death. <laughs> that was a theme. Um, that's true. Yep. And uh, this was the year we saw the hot box emerge. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for generations to come, that tradition will continue. The hot box. You think so? Yeah. Well, we haven't gotten a hot box. And I was thinking maybe an end of the year hot box, you know, like those types of things. But um, yeah, that that was fun. We went through a series of hot boxes that were good. Yeah, and Christmas well, is what coming. What a year. I think a listener will, will give us a hot box for Christmas, I'm hoping. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What do you remember about the year? Um... Hmm. Well, show mom. Yes. Yeah, you know, she became a thing this year. And a show cousin. And a show cousin. It's like we became a show family. We became a show family. And uh, what a year mm-hmm. it's been to invite the family into being a part of the show. Yeah. Right. That's been a hoot. Yeah. We had a couple of guests. We're not big on guests, but we had a couple of them. We had Carlo. Carlo uh, Bear Wozniak. That's right. We had two guests all year. But we were very consistent in our shows. And one of the things that we're very consistent with, and it's been something that has been a staple of the show from the very beginning for the most part, mm-hmm. has been weird Catholic stuff. What? Yep. Not this again. Yeah, you yeah, Catholics yeah. are so gross. You're weird. Yeah. Just, you keep it weird. That's what it is. You keep it weird. Weird Catholic stuff. I think that's the thing, is that what keeps weird Catholic stuff weird and consistent on this show is you. Because mm-hmm. I'm weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I'll, I figured we'd take it a little easy on this uh, pre-Christmas edition of weird Catholic stuff and not get too grotesque or disgusting. Yeah, show mom doesn't like when you talk about like murder and yeah. saints, but that's just part of life. Yeah, murder is part of life. I've always said that. But... <laughs> But it today we're not, on for dear we're life. not talking about murdered saints. No, today we're going to talk about a beautiful old Catholic tradition that's still in effect and most people don't know about. I just want to make sure people know about it. But it is a weird thing only Catholics will do. So only Catholics will tell you this. What's that? The O antiphons. O antiphons. Okay, what's a what's an antiphon and then what's an O antiphon? Explain that. Great question. So an antiphon is what comes before and after a psalm. So like in the Liturgy of the Hours, a divine office, you'll pray an antiphon, then the psalm, then the antiphon. It's just like a little sentence or two. We have antiphons at Mass? We do. Okay, so give an example of an antiphon. Well, we have an entrance antiphon. So if you go to daily Mass, mm-hmm. you probably have your uh, your lector say entrance antiphon, then you all say the antiphon. Mm-hmm. That's um, different than the collect. Correct. Right. And really it's intended to be an antiphon, a psalm, then an antiphon, even at Mass. But okay. we just don't do it. Um, Sunday Mass, do we have an antiphon? Yeah, yeah, we have an entrance, an offertory, a communion. Give an example. Oh goodness! Do we say those or sing them? Well, they're supposed to be sung, but we usually say them because we usually say them um, at daily masses. But sometimes churches will actually sing them like we're supposed to. So, like locally, like Our Lady of Wisdom does this. They sing uh, the entrance antiphon, I believe. Cathedral mm. does often. We do it same Martin de Tours, but like it's written for that mass. It's like an entrance antiphon for, for that, that mass. mass. Oh, so it's not a consistent. Mm-mm. Okay, it's different for every month. Correct. So if okay. it's like the feast of, uh, you know, Corpus Christi, you have an antiphon related to the Eucharist. If it's uh, Easter, you have an antiphon related to the resurrection. So why have you added an O? 
at the beginning. Okay, so with an O antiphon at vespers. Is that O just O or O H? Like oh, o. no, it's just O. Just O. No O H. No O H. Mm. O O O O antiphon. Oh, so is an O apostrophe? No, it's just O. Just O antiphon. Okay, okay so. At Vespers, the evening prayer of the church, um, every night, there's, uh, after the Psalms and the reading, there's the Magnificat, which I'm Our Lady earlier, right? So it's Our Lady's song from um, the Gospel of Luke when the visitation happens, and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth greets her with a confirmation that she's carrying our Lord in her womb. Mm -hmm. How does this happen that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And so this confirms for Mary what happened to her with Gabriel, and she starts to sing this song, let's say, the Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. Right? That's an O antiphon. Okay, so every night we do this, at, at, and then there's an antiphon to go before and after this canticle of Mary, okay? Okay. So during Advent, starting on December 17th, the specific date, December 17th, there's a string of antiphons for Advent, the end of Advent, that all start with the word O. O antiphon. The O antiphons. So they all start with O. Yes. You know, this is brilliant where they got the name O antiphon. Right. It, the, the connection, you see it now. Hmm. So for example, oh, and all the O's, the word that follows, says something about Jesus, the one who's going to come at Christmas. So December 17th, O wisdom. December 18th, O leader of the house of Israel. December 19th, O root of Jesse's stem. December 20th, O key of David. 21st, O radiant dawn. 22nd, O king of all the nations. 23rd, O Emmanuel, which might give you a hint as to how we usually sing these antiphons. They were all put into a song mm. that we sing every Advent. That last one might be a hint. O Emmanuel. Oh, come. There oh, it is. Come, I was going to say that one. So I was going to guess it. All that song is, is taking all the O antiphons as verses. And then the last one to make that the refrain. Really? Yeah, because the last antiphon is, O Emmanuel, our King and Giver of Law, come to save us, Lord our God. Um, so come, O come, Emmanuel. And um, so anyway, these O antiphons form this like Christmas octave. So the his, you know in the history of the church the idea is on the seventeenth it's like hey eight days till Christmas it's a Christmas octave and these antiphons are like moving us along as Jesus gets closer and closer and closer. It sounds very Irish. You think so? O'Brien. Oh. <laughs> O'Hara. Oh, oh Paul. Oh Adam. Oh antiphon. Oh antiphon. I wonder if there's an Irishman named O antiphon. <laughs> Patio antiphon. Patio antiphon. <laughs> <laughs> or Ian. Ian o antiphon. Oh gosh. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it sounds very, very Irish. You know, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned antiphon, O come, Emmanuel. This Sunday, third Sunday of Advent, the reading, we we hear about John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so unique about John the Baptist is that that is what he's saying. Oh, come Emmanuel, like Jesus is coming in, and I'm a precursor to that, right? Like I, I am here to prepare the way to, to speak about him. I, I am unable to tie the, you know, the, the, the loosen his sandals. I, I, I cannot even 
baptize the way he's going to baptize. Like everything that I'm doing is, is only a lead up to him. And we're going to hear about John the Baptist. I think oftentimes when we get to this Sunday of Advent or we hear this reading about, about John the Baptist, we're like, why are we talking about John the Baptist? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because John the Baptist is Irish. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. Oh, John. Well, it's hard because he was, you know, born in uh, the Holy Land and mm-hmm. Ireland wasn't invented yet. But actually, he is Irish. Yeah, he was adopted by Irish people. And, and then anyway, <laughs> but he is he is like the O-Antiphon. O-Antiphon. That's like, true. He is proclaiming and speaking about the Christ to come. That's and, right. and that was his role as a prophet, the last of the prophets. He was the last of the prophets to fulfill the prophecy of all the prophets that the main prophet, Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God, would come into the world. Paul, you are hitting on a key insight here, man. Right? He, he is the O. He is the O of like, the what fawn. is O? You know like, the Fonzarella? The Fonzie? Yeah, he's the Fonz. He is the O Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh, <laughs> the old antiphons. But he is the O. He is the O. The O, like, it's that yearning, that longing, that groaning, that waiting, like, O wisdom, you know? So it's, it's like this reaching out to that great fulfillment. Um, O's have to be fulfilled. You can't say, like, like, I don't know. Why don't we just say wisdom? Why O wisdom? It's like we're longing for wisdom. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. And so when we hear about John the Baptist this Sunday and, and we begin to sort of maybe think, why are we talking about John the Baptist? Jesus is about to come. Um, let me zone out because I don't understand why we're talking about John the Baptist. The reason we're talking about John the Baptist, third Sunday of Advent, and the reason that's very important is because John the Baptist is the antiphon of the O. He is the O antiphon of antiphons. He is the OG of antiphons. The OG. He is the O Fonzarella of antiphons. <laughs> he is O proclaiming of what's to come and that he is less than of what's to come. Although he is a great prophet, he is the last of the prophets to fulfill the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Mm. Preach it, Paul. So. Yeah, and the O's mean nothing without the word that comes after. O wisdom. O leader, right? O key of David. The O just points to the greatness of the next word that's coming. And that's that's John the Baptist. John means nothing without the Savior, without Jesus. You know, he's pointing to that great one who is to come. Um, but once you get to that word, like O wisdom, the O fades away. It's like, what O? You just left with wisdom, right? So like John fades away when Christ comes. Um, man, you should write a book. The well, OG, the OG, how John Baptist prepares us for Christmas. Um, show mom, there's a book idea. Th- she has a list of, of book yeah. ideas. There's one. Um, and I wanted to share those. She had texted me, um, the book ideas. Um, and, um, <clears throat> because she's right, she writes them down, mm-hmm. you know, as, uh, as she's usually walking listening to the podcast because she doesn't live here in Acadiana. And um, yeah, so I wanted to share the list that she sent me. Now, my guess is this, okay? And she did not clarify this for me, but we laughed about it, is my guess is that she's voice texting in a note, right? Cause, like Because some of them don't make sense. Well, because she's walking. Oh, right. And then what she's hearing and, and then voice texting 
because she's walking is um maybe not come out exactly what we said <laughs> that's perfect yes so we t- <laughs> so anyway there's a few few of those and these are great oantivons like what yeah so anyway um <clears throat> well you're the one that started this whole trend that's a book idea well, yeah, because you say these things that are wonderful, and I want to hear more. And I'm like, you should write a book and about that. And when she had the list, I was like, I have no rec- I have little recollection of some of these, but parts, not full. I'm like, mm-hmm. that. I don't know if we talked fully, but like, so one was women saints. Yes. Secret sauce for women. Yes. I don't know if we said that. I don't know if we actually said that, but I mean, I'm like, well, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember the secret sauce thing. <laughs> that could be her uh, contribution. One was called Around the Table. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, one was called uh, Full of Bull or A New Kitchen. Bulls in Your Life Forced into Wonky Places. That one had me. That one had me right there. I think she came up with that book idea. <laughs> And it's a good one. <laughs> Full of bull. I remember us talking about bulls. Yes. But I I don't remember. It was that guy who fit the bull in his car. He like the, outfitted his car to fit his his bull in it. That's what it was. Uh, that's, that's a good idea, Shomon. <clears throat> Full of bull. Jesus wants to fit in the wonky places. Mm-hmm. Was that a book idea? I think that's a subtitle of the Full of Bull. Okay. And then I, we must have kept going because we talked about Mary, undoer of knots at one point. Mm-hmm. But this one says Mary, undoer of bull knots. <laughs> yeah, that's her idea. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, that's where I was like lost. <laughs> and then it went into toxic masculinity. I know we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I'm trying to remember if we thought it was a book idea. Because I would, yeah, I would want to hear about um, toxic masculinity that like tends to be less manly. Not toxic, not toxic, overly masculine. I would love to hear you elaborate on how it could be toxically under-masculine, you know? Well, and then the other one was, and I think I remember us talking about this, and this is a good recap of the year, but uh, couple Couples Fight Club? Yes. Yeah. Was that one? That I didn't think of that title. That's her title. But yeah, this idea of um, what was that about? Well, like couple uh, like how to conflicts, how, how yeah. to conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think you thought of that. Yeah, I had the book idea because you were. It was a question in a six pack, and you were given great, great stuff. And I was like, man, couples would love to just have a book on that. But she came up with couples fight club. That's a good title. You didn't come up with that. No, that's her. All right. Well, we're going to have to give royalties to show mom on that book. Sure. Uh, Saint Fortune Cookie. That's her. Really? I don't think we came up with it. I idea. think she's, I think she, I, she's writing them down as we talk. So I think you have short memory loss. Maybe. Saint Fortune Cookie. That's a good idea. So like just little sayings from saints? Yeah. 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 They're obviously And then you elaborate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Way to go show mom. Death. Let's take a short break because we'll be dead in a hundred years. Now, I don't know if that was a book idea, but we did. I did suggest you write a book. We're, we're going to be dead in a hundred years. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's take um, a short break because we'll be dead in a hundred years. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we'll be dead in a hundred years. Uh, Reflections on mortality by Paul George. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fourth quarter. The fourth quarter. <laughs> that yeah. was one. That that wasn't a Maya book idea. Wow, show mom's on it. Yeah. So th- there's a whole list. She's been taking notes. So That's I'm awesome. I'm really grateful for that. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Because we'll be dead in a hundred years. Mm, yep. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 Eight five three three. That's Solidarity Health Share eight four four three eight seven eight five three three. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George. Deacon Adam Conk in studio. Thanks for listening on the podcast. If you're walking around like Shoma <laughs> or on the radio, KLFT Radio 90.5 here in Acadiana. Super grateful for you. So anyway, uh, I think you did actually have the idea of Couples Fight Club. And it was this, we were laughing about it. I just can't mm-hmm. remember the show, but we were talking about conflict resolution in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is one of the toughest arts but when you have the skill, when you're able to like communicate well through a tense situation, mm-hmm. I mean that that can literally save a marriage, number one, but also enrich a marriage. Because uh, on the other side of great resolution is is a happier marriage, you know, happier, uh, a closer relationship, even. Right. It, it takes some some art. So I think writing a book about it would be a good idea. <laughs> All right. One thing that's been consistent for the year, because what a year. What a year is we're going to call it 23 and me <laughs> is a six pack of questions. Question. Paul George, question number one, mm-hmm. you were in Atlanta and uh, what were you doing? An Advent mission night okay. at a parish. So tell me about how it went, what you talked about. That's question number one. Tell me about your mission. Man, I talked about... Well, obviously Advent, but their theme was joy and hope for Advent. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about really the things in our lives that block us from experiencing joy and hope and what Christ offers us, right, by coming. And so that's what I talked about. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, question number two. So you described this horrible situation with the plane where you... So you're telling me you came from Atlanta to Lafayette... Then went back to Atlanta. The last flight out is 10 p.m., and it's late. I mean, so there's no other options, right? And uh, for flights, like, that's the last flight. You know, and in Lafayette, you only get so many flights in and out. Yeah, we flew, and the pilot came on when we were about to descend, right? And said, you know, there's horrible storms. They're not going to be able to make it, you know, land, and so... They're going to, we're turning around and going back to Atlanta. And 
they'll figure out your flights from there. Oh my goodness. All right. So my question is number one, knowing you, um, having things not go as expected is not fun. No, I didn't like that, but I'm always figuring out the alternative. There were no good options when we landed and we almost Mm -hmm. didn't like we, we went to land. Like, I don't know if it's a big plane, you Mm -hmm. know, like a big plane. We, are descending down we're about to hit the tarmac and then he just rips up the plane and we just nose up and just like it was wild like people were gasping on the plane thinking what just happened like did something break did the landing gear go bad like what are we doing and he was avoiding your death <clears throat> so anyway so my question is you i pro- started thinking I, if we land and i live there are other alternatives than getting back on this plane. Now That's the plane right. wasn't going to take off that night because it was too late. There were no other flights, yada, yada. So mm-hmm. I drove home. So my question is you probably had to like develop this side of you that kind of rolls with the unexpected punches. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of listeners, maybe they don't like those kind of situations. So what have you learned over time of like how to deal with in the moment, you know, like as things aren't going great, but as a Christian, you need to trust in Jesus. Like what, how do you do that? What have you learned about that? In the moment? Yeah. I don't really know. I pray. Mm-hmm. You know, me and the guy next to us, we, we were we we were good friends within a minute. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Just like, hey, what's going, you know, what, you know? Yeah. But I, I think it's a reminder of, like, situations like that are a reminder of really how fragile our life is. Like, it's literally, like, you a second. Like, things, you know, like, it's really scary, mm-hmm. you know? And yet, it points you to what is it that you really believe in, right? Mm-hmm. All right, question number three. So we talked about this plane that took off from London without four windows. Um, That's what got us started on all this, by the way. Yeah, and you mentioned something profound that could be a book idea. Um, I don't know what to call it. Show Mom's got good title ideas. But, like, the piece of the Holy Family, um, not because everything was going great, but just... so. My question is, when you said that, like I was imagining the Holy Family on that plane, just like towards the back, totally at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this art of the peace of Christ? Because it's not having everything figured out. It's not like having all the lists done and the charts of like family responsibilities. But like as a family, how do you actually experience the peace of Jesus like the Holy Family um, in the midst of the chaos and the anxiety and the craziness? of life um what makes the holy family peaceful during their chaos like what what do we know about them that we can imitate so one of the things that i've been reflecting on and i'll just throw this out to everyone is very simple is god enough for me Hmm. if that's all i had would that be enough and i mean dude it it like makes you like really think Mm -hmm. if all i had was god is that enough for me not God and, not this and God, not God and these things, just God. Is that enough for me? And what Advent does is it makes you realize that Mary and Joseph experience chaos and they experience hecticness and discomfort and change of plans and busyness. And yet they were so vulnerable in relying on God that God was enough for them. And that's what brings peace. I'm a work in progress in in that journey. Like this doesn't come easy or naturally, I think for any of us, because trust and faith is something that we're constantly growing in and learning to do. 
And so, like, when I look at their journey, I think God was enough for them. And I got to ask the question, is God enough for me? Wow. Well, because we always have God, right? That's all we have. Mm. Really? Ultimately. Even on that plane. Oof. Yeah. All right, question number four. So uh, the other book idea, the OG, mm-hmm. John Advent with John the Baptist. Yes. Um, the O-Irish... <laughs> Johnny. You may be the first person ever to claim he was Irish. Yes. I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I'm saying, you know, I'm pretty close to being right. Yeah. But wrong all the way. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm probably the first person that's ever said that he was Irish. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Sure. I can own it. Totally. Um, So I know you reflected a lot on John the Baptist in your years as a Christian, but also in, in like, given the Advent missions that you've given. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that character of John the Baptist has... has, How have you grown in your appreciation to maybe, like, this year as you approach this saint on the Advent journey? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you personally appreciate about John the Baptist um, as you try to have a great Advent season this year? Well, John, I I haven't spent a whole lot of time with John the Baptist. I think today's you know, proclamation has helped. Like the whole... Oh, did it? The O Antiphon stuff and his his prophecy and proclamation. Like it really Mm kind of helps me understand him. But like he and I shared a dream together. Really? Yeah. My dream is to live in the middle of nowhere. That's your dream. And if you wanted to come find me, you just come knock on my door in a cabin in the woods. It's true. You and said that. And there I'll be, yeah. and, and I'll give you all the time you want. And then every now and then I'll come out, like John the Baptist, and I'll say some things, and then I'll go back. And so he and I relate. Mm-hmm. We, we share dreams together. Mm-hmm. But he lived the dream. He did live it. Yeah. So He was also beheaded. You ready for that? Well, I mean... <laughs> That's because he was Irish missionary living in, the, you know, yeah, foreign he, land. It didn't fit. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so question number five. Uh, we talked about how the Advent season is winding down. It's like on its descent. Um, it's really the last week of Advent starting the Sunday because the fourth week of Advent is a half a day this mm-hmm. year. That's right. Christmas is on Monday. Correct. Um, so I need advice from you personally. Okay. Uh if people listening can help, mm-hmm. it can help them too. Great. But look, I need to slow my life down and start that descent. Oh, like slow, drastic. Slowly, man. Change the song. Change the song. Yeah. So it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Third week of Advent starts Sunday. What do I need to do this weekend to get myself in gear to slow my life down and make my last week of Advent all about Jesus? Hmm. Well, I think some things that we can do is i don't know get some shopping ahead of time mm-hmm. practically carve out space every day this week to pray mm-hmm. even just a few minutes reflect on the readings for advent reflection um take some time off like give yourself permission to take some days off some holidays vacation days and just you know be present like really like rest and enter into this this time and season leading up to Christmas. I mean, you know, you have to actually practically do some things, right? Like mm-hmm. make some choices, eliminate some options so that you can carve out space for Advent this week. Nice. All right, question number six. So 
Um, I asked you earlier what you thought Jesus wants to give you this Christmas. Um, I'm asking you a different version of that question mm-hmm. that maybe all of our listeners can think about. What do you hope Jesus gives you this Christmas? Like, what grace? I want the honestly, I, before you even finish, I want the grace to, like, think about that question I've been pondering. Is God enough for me? And I want to be able to rest in that and say, absolutely. Mm. And at times I'm like, well, God and, or this and God, but am I willing to eliminate all those things and say, is God simply enough? Amen. I like that. All right. So great show. Thanks everyone for listening in today on the podcast or on the radio. And we'll be back soon. God bless. I'm just kidding. 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 I'm just